This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of Press One for Nick. Your host, Nick Limsdahl, is the Director of Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Through conversations with customer service and customer experience leaders, Nick and his guests exchange insightful stories, best practices, and invaluable lessons they have learned along the way. Welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. My name is Nick Limsdahl. My guest this week is Gary Ridge. Gary has 25 years of experience as a chairman and CEO of WD40 Company. He's also an adjunct professor at the University of San Diego, where he teaches the principles and practices of corporate culture and the Masters of Science in Executive Leadership Program. Gary, welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. G'day, Nick. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for inviting me. You are welcome. The pleasure is mine. So uh, we chatted just a minute uh, prior, and uh, so you spent 25 years as the CEO and chairman of WD40 Company. What's your role today? I'm chairman emeritus now, still emotionally and culturally connected to the company, but I'm spending a lot of my other time uh, on my practice, which is called The Learning Moment, which is all about helping leaders understand that cultures are a competitive advantage in any organization. And who would benefit from your services? I think two two groups of people, leaders who are committed to the fact that people matter, and they want to improve their leadership skills. So what I would do would, would be help you see who you are as a leader, because as leaders, we have lots of blind spots, and then help you identify behaviors you should turn up or turn down the volume on around leadership. And a lot of it's based on the work that Marshall Goldsmith has done over many years. I use his work, what got you here won't get you there as the basis. So, mm. And then we identify really you know, who is the person I want to be today? And how do we remind ourselves of who that person is? I like that. Uh, One of my favorite quotes is from Albert Einstein. He stated that the problems that exist in the world today cannot be solved by the level of thinking that created them. That's so true. You know, it really aligns with, with what you're saying. You know, one question I ask every single guest at the very beginning is what's one thing people might not know about you? Oh, I used to be a radio disc jockey in Australia. There you go. I did. Wow. I did a, more than 100 shows over a couple of years on a radio station in Sydney on a Sunday morning. And uh, my brother and I was a, uh, a more of a, a magazine type show, but it was a lot of fun. We used to uh, produce it and go to air live to CCR FM 90.5, 9 to 12 on a Sunday morning with Gary and Liz Ridge. <laughs> oh, I love it. You still got it. Still, still got a little bit it. of the radio. Yeah, it was so much fun. <laughs> So my favorite memory of uh, WD-40 is uh, knowing what the use is of WD-40. And as a kid, I would go to every single hinge and every single door handle and squeak and and spray into the handle and or the hinge until it wouldn't make any noise. And I thought I was the greatest man ever until, you know, the fam got home and realized all of the the places that around the house smell like WD-40. And that was my favorite memory, but I was curious, uh, when it comes to you, you have a lot of time that you've spent at WD-40. What what has been your favorite memory there? Well, you talked about memory of uses, and I, I know you know thousands of those, but my, my true treasured memory is the memory of how we've helped people step into the best version of their personal self. You know, we 
we often say, imagine a place where you go to work each day, you make a contribution to something bigger than yourself. You learn something new, you're protected and set free by a compelling set of values and you go home happy. And why that's important to us is happy people create happy families, happy families create happy communities, happy communities create a happy world. And Nick, we need a happy world. And business has the biggest opportunity to make a difference in that. So my memory is that 98% of people who work at WD-40 company globally say they love to tell people they work at the company. And to me, there is no better memory than that. And so that doesn't happen by accident. That 98, 99% of the people say that you they love to work at WD-40. What was that process of building that culture? Well, you know, the first part of it is really understanding that pleasure in the job puts perfection in the work. And you know, that was said by Aristotle, who was born in 384 BC. So we're just slow learners in, in doing that. And our job as leaders is to create that that place where people are, are really understand and feel like they belong, because belonging is a huge need we have as human beings, that you have a clearly defined purpose, that people can make a contribution to something bigger than themselves, that you do have a set of values that protect them and set them free. And you are an organization of continual learning because people want to be learners. So culture, I have an algorithm, culture equals values plus behavior times consistency. So that's, and then you have to do it every day as that's what the consistency means. So building great cultures in organizations is simple. It's not easy. And time is not your friend because you have to, it takes time to do it. Yeah, that's one thing that we don't have is is our time. I, I like your I like your equation. Sometimes it's it's tough to to build the the people first mindset. What advice would you have for people that are more focused on maximizing profits than than building that culture with your people first? Well, profit is the outcome of execution time strategy. So you and I, Nick, can probably write a reasonable business strategy. We could take it over to some smart professor at some university and have them review it. And they might say, congratulations, you're good strategy, 60 out of 100. Most strategies are 50-50. But think about the execution. If only 20% of the people who went to work every day were engaged, passionate, and committed around working that strategy, 20 times 60 is 1,200. So take your profit home, 1,200. If 80% of your people are going to work every day, passionate, committed, and working towards executing the strategy, eight times six is 48, 4,800. So profit is the applause of people doing great work. So what we need to do is understand that you know it's about the culture that helps drive the outcome. So it's an outcome. Pro- profitability is an outcome of great people working on great strategy. Yeah, that's well said. I, I appreciate that you're focusing on the people to solve for the outcome. It's not the the money is the outcome. You know, when it comes to building that culture, what what do companies need to do to create that healthy that healthy process to to create the culture that you want? Well, number one, it's all about leadership. You know, is is the leader of the company a servant leader or or is it Al 
who I invented, Al, the soul-sucking CEO of Fear, Inc. You know, if you imagine this soul-sucking CEO or soul-sucking leader who goes to work every day, who thinks that micromanagement is, is scalable, who doesn't care about the people, has all the answers, doesn't want to learn, thinks they're corporate royalty, doesn't like feedback, all of these attributes of ego-driven leadership. For, for To build a great culture, your empathy needs to eat your ego, not your ego eating your empathy. So that's where it all starts, is, is are you as a leader prepared to go to work every day and say, I am here for one reason. I'm here to serve my people. My job is to help them step into the best version of their personal self. I'm not here to mark their papers. I'm here to help them get A's. That means that we have to be very clear about what an A looks like. And then I have to be a great coach. And great coaches are interesting. If you think about great coaches and you never see a great coach run onto the field and kick the ball. You never see a great coach go to the podium to pick up the prize. They're spending time on the, on the sideline observing the play with one goal only to be able to help the player play the best game. And they're spending a lot of time in the locker room building that trust amongst the team and amongst the players. So you, simply, you've got to have your yeah, empathy, eat your ego. You've got to be dedicated to your people succeeding and you've got to be a great coach. I love the analogy of coach and aligning with the, with the C-suite or the CEO because they are absolutely completely dedicated to the overall mission and it's to maximize that potential. How does the, how does the CEO completely dedicate themselves to creating and sustaining that culture? By declaring that they are there to help their people help the business be successful. That's it. It's pretty simple. So it's servant leadership. Yeah, it's servant leadership. We are here, you know, we are here to help those people that walk in the door every day really achieve what they believe is their their A, their their personal A. And that's there's a lot that goes into that from being clear about the A, what the A is to coaching and training and development and creating an, a, a, an environment where people actually feel like they belong. It's a shame most people only know they're doing a good job because no one yelled at them today. Mm. You know, when was the last time a leader went up to someone and said, hey, Nick, are you okay? What's on your mind? Those are the sort of conversations you need to have. So why are not, why are organizations or leaders or managers in organizations not having those conversations? In a competitive market, does your customer service stand out from the crowd? One way to offer a better experience is by moving your contact center to the cloud. But with so many options to choose from, how do you know which solution is the best for both your business and your customers? That's where VDS comes in and guides you to the best solution. They understand your clients' pain points, business outcomes, and goals. Then VDS designs, implements, supports, and provides 24-7 managed services. From start to finish, VDS is committed to finding the best solutions for your clients' needs. To learn more, go to www.govds.com or find a link in the show notes. That's a great question. That's one I wish I could answer because I don't know why they're not. I'm going to think a lot of it's ego and, and short-term thinking and greed. But, you know, that's really where the answer is. 
um, and I don't know why they're not doing it. That's why today I'm spending most of my time talking and, and sharing with leaders and uh, around the power of servant leadership and the power of creating cultures where people you know, go to work every day and, and, and enjoy what they do and go home happy. So one of the things you touched on was how to help people get an A, and that's obviously helping people become better or a better version of themselves. How have you helped people live better? Well, when you talk about the A side of it, the most important thing around the A is defining what an A looks like. You know, accountability is interesting. Most people who let people down do it because there's not real clarity around what do we expect from each other. So, you know, I talk about the four pillars of a great culture, care, candor, accountability, and responsibility. So the first one is, do I care about my people? Do I love them enough? And am I brave enough not only to reward and applaud them for doing great work, but to redirect them when the play needs to be directed? And unfortunately, a lot of people try to protect their own comfort zone at the expense of someone's development. And what I mean by that is it's hard to have those redirection conversations. But the more you care about people, the more you should have those, as long as they're based on the the objective of, of achieving the A we both agreed upon. So it's it's care. The second one is candor. No lying, no faking, no hiding. I believe most people don't lie. I believe in organizations, people fake and hide. Why do they fake and hide? Because they're afraid. Why are they afraid? Because in a fear-based culture, people don't embrace the learning moment. So in cultures, what we should say is we don't make mistakes. We have learning moments. And if you think about it, every mistake now called a learning moment is a catalyst for positive change. So create an environment where people can um, be comfortable knowing that not everything's going to work. And if it doesn't work, we're going to learn from it. So care, candor, accountability, I've touched on. What am I going to hold myself accountable for? What can you hold me accountable for? What am I going to hold you accountable for? And are we agreeing on that so we can have meaningful conversations around that? And then responsibility, are we going to hold each other responsible? Are we actually going to keep our word, live up to what we say? I like those. You know, one of the ones that really stuck out to me is is that discomfort. I think the more that I heard it once before where, you know, when you're on the top of the mountain, you there's there's not as much green greenery or growth. All the growth happens at towards the bottom. That's where the, the growth is, is in the shadows. And so there's a lot of discomfort there in, in the in the darkness. And so how do I believe organizations should be uh, predictably discomfort, stay in that discomfort of predictability, where you are always continuing to strive for excellence as you're trying to align with your outcome. And how do you, how have you stayed in that discomfort? Well, I'm consciously incompetent. You know, <laughs> I say in most circumstances, I'm probably wrong and roughly right. And I think excellence and perfection are a negative to organizations because we're not perfect and we cannot always be excellent. We, you know, we can search for excellence. There was a book written about it years ago, but, you know, I, I think that what we need to do is understand that we're just these basic human beings bumbling down this walkway of life. 
And, you know, we're going to stumble and fall sometimes, and that's okay, because as long as we get up again and keep walking and keep doing what we need to do. So, you know, I've said for a long time, believe in yourself, never give up, take one day at a time, and understand we still always have something significant yet to do. And so what does, when it comes to that empathy, you've touched on that a little bit, where do, where do organizations get wrong when it comes to empathy? Uh, they get it wrong because of ego, which ego is all about me, me, me. You know, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about the people you get to touch every day. So as leaders, that's what what's important to us. So what are they doing instead? Are they just focusing on what what they care about? Are they focusing on the end result or what they're measured on or what they're bonused on or what else is it? It could be short-sightedness. It could be greed. It could be the, the need of power. Um, a lot of, you know, these elements of life and behaviors come into it. So I don't think there's one in, individual thing. I think it's a combination of many. But, you know, the answer to it is, am I committed to the to the task of servant leadership in that I am here to help others succeed? You know, if you think about it in life, we never, it's not easy doing anything on your own. So if you're alienating the people around you, you're going to be on your own and you're not going to go as far as you. I was fortunate. I was born stupid. You know, I I was able to surround myself with people that I was dedicated to helping and therefore they helped me. And so that's more of that, that tribal, tribal engagement, tribal, tribal leadership. Um, It sounds like that you're, you're surrounding yourself with the right people that will and guide, help guide you to the outcome that you want to achieve because you are humbling yourself that knowing that you can't do it on your own. Is that- yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if you think about, you know, tribes, as we talk about them, you know, we talk about tribes, not in relation to any indigenous group. What we're talking about is the, the attributes of tribalism that have existed since the beginning of humanity. And if you think about it, you know, if we were to think about what's the number one responsibility of a tribal leader, the number one responsibility is to be a learner and a teacher, to be able to learn what they can to teach the less experienced younger tribe members to do what they need to do, no difference to a coach. The second thing that's so important about a tribe is, as I mentioned earlier, that one of the biggest desires we have as human beings is to belong. So, you know, tribes were created to for people to belong. They used to gather together around a fire to be able to talk and exchange points of view and show love and caring and and understand each other. So, you know, learning and teaching, belonging, values. Tribes had values. What are the values there for? To help protect people and set them free. You know, tribes, they respect that you have to have specialized skills in a tribe. So, you know, some Tribe members are better warriors and others are better builders and others are better salespeople and some are even good customer service people. (laughs) Um, And, you know, you've got to be future focused. You've got to be looking to the future and making sure that you're you're doing what you need to do to make sure the tribe can exist as conditions around you change because conditions around you change. Yeah, I like that. And you mentioned the attributes. Uh, I think it's very important because when it comes to a tribe, you want to make sure that that next person that comes into your tribe is the right fit and that they have the right strengths and or weaknesses to drive that ultimate goal 
And so when it comes to hiring people, what attributes were you looking for uh, when it comes to that through that hiring process? Well, if you were to go to the, to the WD40 careers page, the first thing would, that would come up is these are our values. So we hire for values, you know, value doing the right thing, creating positive, lasting memories, making it better than it is today, you know, succeeding as a tribe while it's excelling as an individual, it's sustaining the WD-40 economy. So, and these values are hierarchical. So doing the right thing is most important. And the last one, which talks about economic outcome, is a deliverable from living the other values. So we, we, we took, we are a lot about this is the culture that we have. And if you're going to be successful and accepted in the organization, these values need to align with you. So how has the WD-40 company grown from where it was before you started to where it is today, uh, near the 99% uh, survey results where people are saying, I love to tell people that I work for a WD-40 company. What, what were the steps that you guys had to learn to get from that that point is the leadership committed to it's all about the people do you have a clearly defined purpose that is authentic and people can and relate with do you have a clear set of values do you have a clear strategy are you good at executing do you embrace the learning moment and do you respect the four peers of care candor accountability and responsibility and do you do it every day that that's the the consistency part. I feel like is where a lot of organizations go to go to a big conference or have a peer group meeting and and they get all excited and then they don't consistently do it over time. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that that's called fairy dust. And you don't, you know, that's called. I, I, we want to change the culture of the organization, so let's go buy some fairy dust. And they sprinkle fairy dust over it, whether it be a conference or the things you just mentioned. And they expect that the, you know, the good fairy will change everything. Eh, doesn't happen. That's not going to happen. So if you were, what, what advice would you have for that person who's three weeks, four weeks after that, the fairy dust conversation? For the person? Yeah. So for the person who came back to the organization saying, hey, we need to spray this fairy dust everywhere oh. because it's going to be amazing. We need to focus on the customer experience or we need to focus on, you know, whatever it is. If it's not aligning with business outcomes and you're not uh, doing the right things, you know, and, and they're going by the wayside waiting for the next conference so they can have more pixie dust or fairy tales. Uh, what advice do you have for them? Or maybe not advice, but uh, stern warning. It's not going to change. The fairy dust does the pixie dust, fairy dust doesn't work. Now, sure, you can go to specific training, you know, conferences, courses to sharpen the saw in particular areas. But culture is the overreaching umbrella in the organization. You know, when I went to school in Australia years ago, Nick, my science teacher gave me a Petri dish. And the science teacher said, we're going to grow culture in this Petri dish. And I said, okay, what's important? And they said two things. Firstly, the ingredients you put in so building a great culture in an organization, you have to put in the right ingredients. And then how you, the scientists, take care of the Petri dish. And what you need to do is you need to watch that Petri dish every day and you need to feed the good elements to grow the great culture. And you have to be brave enough to be able to treat the toxins as they enter the Petri dish. And you have to do it every day, every day, every day. 
But if you just leave that Petri dish for a couple of days and you'll have to let the toxins attack the culture, you're just going to have a smelly mess at the end. So, you know, you might go to a conference and sprinkle some fairy dust in this Petri dish, but it's not going to work. Culture equals values plus behavior times consistency. Don't forget the word consistency. This is simple, not easy. Time is not your friend. You got to do it every day. I love that analogy. I, I am telling the world and I'm giving you full credit uh, <laughs> about that, the Petri dish. So, you know, I, the last question I, I got two questions at the end, but I got one more before that. So, what's the best way to create pa- uh, positive, lasting memories in all of our relationships? Oh, treat people with respect and dignity. Is a good one. You know, have a positive attitude. Um, throw sunshine, not a shadow. Be grateful. Great gratitude is so important. Yeah, just be a good person. Be okay. Good. So the the last two questions I got is, what book or person has influenced you the most in the last year? One book that I've been talking a lot about this year was written by a friend of mine. His name is Ron Carusi. It's called To Be Honest. To Be Honest. It's a great book around cultures and values. There's been many this year, but that's the one I've been talking a lot about. It's great. I will definitely check that out. And then the last question I have for you is if you could leave a note to every single customer service rep, it's going to hit everybody's desk Monday at 8 a.m. What would it say? Make someone's day today. Period. Period. Love it. Uh, Gary, what's the best way for my listeners to, to find you, connect with you, get a hold of you? Please follow me on LinkedIn. Um, you'll find me there, G-A-R-R-Y-R-I-D-G-E at LinkedIn. Follow me. I post on LinkedIn. I put articles on LinkedIn. I communicate with people on LinkedIn. That's that's a great spot. Or I have a website, www.thelearningmoment.net. Yeah, highly recommend uh, at least following him, if not connecting with him on LinkedIn. He's got a lot of really good content he pushes out. Gary, wish you nothing but success and thanks for your time today. Thanks very much. Life's a gift. Don't send it back unwrapped. Hey, listeners, can you think of one person who would benefit from the information you learned today? If so, please consider sharing this episode with them. And last, if you would like to receive all the quotes and book recommendations from all my guests, you can go to pressonefornick.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Press One for Nick. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share. Until next time, focus on your customers. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.